0: Proud member of the but Why Though podcast community. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of So Here's What Happened. I'm your host Nisha, and I'm also joined by Carolyn. Hey, hey, mm-hmm. how you been? Hey. <laughs> 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 I see the braids.
1: Yeah, I got my hair in braids um, mm-hmm. for the time being, but it's only like the top because, like, you know, the back of my hair is cut low, so it's only mm-hmm. the
0: top. No, that's cute. I like it. I'm actually getting mine um, next week. Finally
1: yeah humidity. you know but you know yeah. how it is once summer comes around <sighs> it's not fun
0: <laughs> um but yeah guys thanks for joining us for another episode um as always we're here to talk about the things that we have read watched and how what our thoughts are on them so let's kick things off with the reading corner
1: and i'm gonna begin so for me i read my first manga this month yay. and it's called yay, and it's called kaka fukaka by takumi ishida and it's a very interesting manga so far it only has three volumes and 14 chapters and i kind of knew what to expect with a with a manga but because uh-huh. i but i was still wasn't prepared because i started reading this manga because of a j drama that's based on it, it has the same name kaka fukaka and um <laughs> it's so interesting. So it's about, so the synopsis is this 24-year-old girl, Aki, finds herself newly single when her longtime boyfriend cheats on her. She begins living in a shared house with a former classmate and a boyfriend from junior high. Tomoya, um, but he has his own personal problems. For the, and for the last two years, Tomoya has struggled with erectile dysfunction. But uh-huh. finds himself reacting <laughs> to Aki. So he asks for help ask for her help to cure him. No, the J-drama is something to behold. Like, the uh-huh. acting, I find the acting for J-dramas, K-dramas, and C-dramas are all very different. Like, uh-huh. they all, like, you can tell the culture, like, very heavily influences the way they act, especially for shows adapted from mangas. Because, you know, like, a lot of Korean dramas and Taiwanese and Vietnamese dramas are also based on like, Japanese mangas, too. Yeah. But I find for Japanese ja- mangas, like, when they're, when they're shows based off of mangas, depending on the, on the the story, like, there's this very naive way they act. And these are supposed to be grown, like, adults, right? But the uh-huh. way they're acting is so naive and so, almost, I wouldn't say childlike, but naive. And, uh-huh. and it's so weird to me, because, like, when you're discussing a topic like erectile dysfunction, like, you you're talking about something that's so I guess not not only person but like they don't have a problem mentioning it. like they talk about like him getting hard and stuff like they legit say that I was shocked I'm like, <laughs> Japanese drama. But then I started reading manga, and it's interesting because I first had to get used to reading the manga because like for uh-huh. in, for Japanese um writing or um characters like they start from right to left. So yeah. like when you when you open a Japanese, when you open a book that's written in um, Japanese characters or like hiragana and karagana, mm-hmm. like you add the book is actually backwards. Like how we would see it, we see it as backwards. So they start from the back of the book and move forward. Uh-huh. and that's how their language is so their language starts from left to right and goes up and across so yeah. when I started reading the manga I was reading the l- the normal way we read which is right to left and up to down and uh-huh. it was actually messing with me like when I was trying to read that I was like I couldn't follow it because I'm like this the structure of the uh-huh. sentences and the story didn't make sense so I actually had to switch from regular reading style to manga reading and in any words, that was something you could do but I had to switch from regular reading style to manga reading style and then it made sense. to Me I'm like okay, no. Mm-hmm. I can follow the story. So I thought it was actually a very interesting experience where I actually had to switch the way that I I was reading the story and but then the, the as, as again I said it's like the way they I and the funny thing is, is as I'm reading it I am hearing the characters voices in my head because I started watching the, the drama first. So I am hearing mm-hmm. the actors voice the actors as the characters in the story. So that was that's kind of funny too. But there's a scene that had me, I was like, what is going on? I need, like, I need the writer to explain this. And we spoke about this before, right? Yeah. So, like, I, I read this, I'm like, does this person know how sex works?
0: That's about, <laughs> I'm just going to say, that's about, you know, 30% of manga when they talk about sex, it, mm-hmm. you go run into that problem. Right? Be, be,
1: because, mm-hmm. like, the, because the way how they're doing it is because, like, he's reacting to her. So, this, the, the background to the story is, like, they were their first... They, had, they, were, they were each other's first when they were in high school, mm-hmm. right? So Tomoya and Aki, so they, were, they knew each other when they were in high school, so they were each other's first, like, sexual experience, and they only had it mm-hmm. the one time. And we, we don't know his perspective yet, but for her, she had not a negative reaction, but he didn't react the way she thought he would. But to me, it's like he's a very stoic character, so, like, she read his stoicness as like as an insult right so she for her that became Uh a negative experience for sex right so for her now for him to be like physically reacting to her the first person that he's physically reacting in two years she's like kind of like super confused like but you didn't like you didn't seem to like me back then like Uh like sex and now all of a sudden you're getting all I'm excited but then there's also things so like she agreed to like sleep as in like to just like lay down in bed with him Uh uh-huh right to see for him to see if he could get it, it again which I thought it was kind of funny um but the thing that what I really appreciate with his character with Tomoyo is like he always tells her I'm not going to do anything that you want me to do he's like if he if he uh. touched like they started like, just like next to each other so, but then he's like can I touch you And like he asked for explicit um acceptance for her, he's like, I'm not going to touch you anywhere else unless you tell me to touch you. If I touch uh-huh. you on your stomach, I'm not going to touch you anywhere else but on your stomach, and I I really appreciate that. Mm. But, but the sex scene threw me for a loop because I was like, because, uh, uh, okay, I'm going to spoil it because the whole twist is that she gets pregnant. I'm like, uh, she got pregnant how again? Because <laughs> the way how this is described in the book, I'm like, that's not how sex works.
0: <laughs> I'm like, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. I will have questions too because I'm like, so now she's just pregnant. Oh, (laughs) oh god! I'm gonna have have to just read it because I've. You gotta read it. It's so funny.
1: I was like, did they did she become pregnant through osmosis? Like, how sweet? I just
0: like. (laughs) I was about to make a bad joke. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the car. Where?
1: I, it's such a, and it kind of, but it was really, I, that puzzled me for like a full week. I just, I would like be thinking just so they ran and then it would pop in my head and be like, but that's not how sex works though. Like just randomly, I'd be just thinking about it. Um, uh-huh. So now I'm caught up with that part in the book and the TV show. So they, they're they kind of like running co- um, concurrently. So like, uh-huh. I'm not sure if they're doing kind of how Game of Thrones is, you know, they started out, they followed the book and then like, they took the, the show past the books so mm-hmm. i wonder if the show, for the writers, for the show, have consulted the writer of the manga to see how they're going to end the show because the book isn't ended yet, but the show is going to have its like a number of specific number of episodes and it's going to end at a specific. Date. So I don't know if they've talked to the, they've probably talked to the manga creator and already know how they're going to end the show. So it'll be interesting to see if the book ends the same time as the show. Mm-hmm. Uh um, But another thing interesting about it is how is the different types of, I guess you could say. I wouldn't say gender identifications, but like they don't say explicitly, but there's a couple of characters I'm wondering if they're either asexual or, or, you know, they're just like, you know, just not physically attracted to people. So like Mm -hmm. there's a a female character that's like that. And she has a huge crush on Tomoya because he's a, he's a manga writer himself, but she kind of like, Mm -hmm. defies him. Like she's like, he's like, we're meant to be together. She's like a fan and she like the idea like um Aki asked her like do you like him like him like do you, are you like sexually attracted to him and she's like oh my god how dare you <laughs> right and so <laughs> so it's interesting is like, that you like they have the different ways people can be attracted to other people like you can be mm-hmm. so like you have the Eros love you have people like who are attracted to so like this other character she's attracted to Tomoyo's mind mm-hmm. more like than physically so I think that's interesting to read in a um in a manga, so I'm gonna keep up with it, even though I'm like half the time, I'm like, What is going on? But yeah, I'm gonna keep up with it. So that one is called Kakafukaka.
0: Okay, I will check that out because mainly because I need to see how bizarre these scenes are as you've described in, them. It legit
1: just in like legit in it's a like a panel, and then it's like the next day, I'm like, But what? And then huh? the way it's described, I'm like,
0: Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah oh so, that's just oh but i do like the whole like they're they're exploring a relationship and they're focusing on the consent part
1: because yeah i like like they focus very heavily on the consent part both in the book and in the show like he they're very they're very careful to make sure to always show him asking for consent and her giving it like she doesn't uh-huh. he doesn't like like he, like he asks her like specifically like tell me what you want right Is like, he's yeah. like i'm not gonna do anything where she's like there's a part that she's like he's like i'm not gonna do anything weird to you mm-hmm. and she's like what do you mean weird he's like weird is whatever you define it
0: as okay right yeah boundaries no i like it because like you know like 90 percent of manga the, when it comes to when sex is a topic in it you usually have like there's itchy or Ichi, I'm probably saying it wrong, but Ichi manga, where it's like, the girl's pant, there's a lot of panty shots, and then it's like, a girl mm-hmm. could be saying, no, stop, and then they're still like, touching her and grabbing her, and I'm just like, oh, okay, it okay. makes me very uncomfortable, and it's like, that's like, it's yeah. like that's a lot of manga, that's how like a lot of manga can be, mm-hmm. um, no, I won't say a lot of manga, a lot of manga that deals with that subject, so I think it's important that they do focus on like, the whole consent part, and then exploring their relationship, versus just jumping to them, like him groping up her body and her just blushing and <laughs> that being it. Um, that's good to know. Yeah. Well, uh, And you said this was also live action, too?
1: Um. Yeah, it's a, it's a J-drama currently showing.
0: So I watched that one. Mm. You know, no, drama cool video. That's where
1: okay. I watched some of my, my dramas.
0: Nice. Well, we'll definitely add that in the link, too, um, because that might be interesting for some people to check out as well. Um, So funny enough, I also read a manga for this month. Uh, It is also a manga that I reviewed on the website. So I'll also include the link for y'all to see my extended written review there. Um, I read Elfin Lied, and this is the Omnibus Volume 1. So Dark Horse, um, um, Elfin Lied is uh, a manga. It's, it was released, like, years, years ago, but it was never released in English, so now Dark Horse is re-releasing it in English for the first time. Um, mm. So will just give y'all, like, a brief synopsis of it. Um, captured and isolated against a will, will, the dicholonious species are a threat waiting to break free when a young dicholonious girl knew um, escaped from the research facility. She was being held in, she manages to find solace in two allies until danger seeks her out, putting everyone at risk. However, her enemies soon realize they're in over their heads as they attempt to subdue Neil, uh, results in unspeakable tragedy. Uh, so, I'm just starting off real quick. This is not for youngins. This is not. Mm-hmm. This do you is, ever read? Do you ever read anything for youngers? <laughs> Are you talking about I do? I'm like, what? <laughs> I do sometimes, but like you know my scale, it goes from berserk to gantz, which is very violent. But in between, I like a fluffy romance manga. Mm-hmm. But this is mm-hmm. not that. This is, <laughs> um, it's just so it's, it's geared to genre genres like science fiction, horror, and action adventure. Mm. I'm just gonna go on the record. I'm not a fan of the art style. I also understand that this is, like, a dated manga. Like, it's probably 20 years old when it was, like, first published, maybe 25 or 30 years old. So the it just comes off as just very blunt. But at the same time, the story is what, like, really intrigued me overall. So yeah. my first, like, gripe about it is just, like, the use of female nudity. Is like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a lot of it. But as I, like, read through the volume... You get to the parts, so the Diclonius are basically the next step in human evolution. So think of it as like, think of them as like X Men, as the mutants. And basically, okay. yeah, and basically they describe them as like, if we allow them to live and breed, and you know, like just let allow them to be free, basically they're gonna kill off us, um, Homo sapiens, like the like we killed off the Neanderthals. So that's like uh, their argument. That's their argument for keeping them captured and torturing them and experimenting on them. But it's like there's yeah. two. It's like the way they use female nudity in one way. I don't know if it's like one to be in a sexualizing. I think I, some of it I feel like is blatantly sexualizing the female body, the characters. But then another way it's to just dehumanize the mutants to like really show them that like they're not treated as humans. That they're a par and they're treated as lab experiments. So it's like, I want anyone, if they find that triggering, heads up. There's a lot of that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, there's fan, it's fan service is a thing. So this is, definitely comes off as like a harem manga. You have your plain male protagonist who, there's nothing special about him, really. But no. the no. <laughs> there never is. Um, so Niu, the girl who escapes from, so when she is from the research laboratory she wrecks everything up she killing everybody and the thing about the mutants are they have these things called vectors which are basically invisible arms that they can use so that like without even moving a part of her body she can fight and like she basically broke a man's arm in three places with her vectors so it's like having invisible arms that can go out and like reach things and grab them and manipulate
1: Does so, so, it like telepathically
0: yeah, yeah Tele- so ty- telepathically. like telepathically, it's definitely okay. like a telepathic power. So that's like their powers, and then like they're you can tell they're different from humans because they have horns on the sides yeah. of their heads. Um, so that there's all that, and then so and this is like the whole volume, which takes like collects a bunch of like I think a a good chunk of the manga is in this um as you continue through it the story gets more interesting like you learn about like it, it deals with identity i do appreciate the whole nature versus nurture aspect of it where where t- when new escapes and she is uh, hitting the head so she now like has amnesia she doesn't remember anything uh but she's found by two people on the beach and they take her to live with her and they help her but all she can say is new um that's like the only word she like they're trying to help her remember who she is um and now you see her as like this docile, very gentle uh, person. Like she's not, she's at peace. Like she's, she's, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Uh, but then in some chapters, she switches back to her original self without knowing it, because like if she gets hit in the head again, or like she remembers something, like a, pl- a memory flashes before her, she remembers something, and then then she has like a sinister look on her face. So it's really you, you wonder. Like, is she truly evil and is she just a a product of the torture and being a prisoner? Or is it that she truly is like this very docile, gentle being who doesn't want to hurt anyone? Um, Mm. Other things about it, again, another trigger warning, it deals with child sexual abuse. I was not, I did not know that going into it. So, yeah, it's, it's not that you see the entire act, but it is a flashback of one of the characters. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of like one of those things where like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to be a flashback. Um, and then as you keep going on, I there. Okay, this is one scene, and again, I'm just throwing it out there. It's like something I didn't like. I like the story overall. There's just things I didn't, I wasn't a fan of. But it's still something I will probably continue to read to see where the story goes. But there's the one scene, like this goes back to the the use of female nudity. So it's like a double edged sword. The one scene where new the boy, the plain boy, I'm not going to remember his name. Um, <laughs> plain boy is taking a bath and New just suddenly pops into the bathroom and jumps in the tub with him. So earlier in a chapter, he accidentally touched her breast and that made her feel away, um, which she's now exploring these feelings. Now, my problem with this is it's not a problem that she's embracing her sexuality uh, or like her sexual desires. It's more so because the way she is right now in this mindset, it's like they have infantilized her. like like, she has a childlike mind like yeah i don't like and i'm not sure if like that's like something i found troubling but like questioning i'm like is she no is she fully aware of what this means and he's at the same time she won't let his hand go but he's like even though you're saying yes because now she's learned how to say yes um i still don't think i should do this i'm just like okay you're questioning it i just like this whole exchange felt weird right because
1: because he's he 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 knows she's saying yes, but he doesn't think she knows exactly what she's saying yes to.
0: Yes, and that's like something where I'm just like, okay, let's just like dissect this because like that's an that's a that's a very valid point to make because like she he knows that her I'm not saying her intelligence like she's dumb, but her social intelligence her social IQ is limited. Yeah. So she, like while she's having these urges and these feelings, is that truly consent? Even though she doesn't mm-hmm. truly know what these things are, or does she comprehend them? No, yeah, just
1: like, like I, don't, I don't think yeah. that would be constant because she doesn't have a full understanding of what right. is going on,
0: right? And like all of these are new to her, she's been isolated and no one's ever touched her before, like another human being has never hugged her before yeah. she met them. So it's like all these experiences and everything are new. So, like, well on the on one hand, she's taking control of her sexual desires, on the other hand, you don't know what you're doing, and I don't feel like this is it's like almost like Uh, statutory rape in a way where it's like yes like a child is agreeing to something because it feels good but they don't know exactly what that's doing to them or they don't understand the full breadth of the action Um, yeah so i was just like okay so this is where this is going right now um But yeah, besides that, it's very interesting to see what the story goes as far as like the mutants and how there's like a secret organization that's plotting Like there's other shenanigans going on and like how some people want them to breed and some people don't want them to breed. And it's like basically everyone has their own motives for trying to get them to um, either die or or to keep them captivated. So I'll keep reading it for the story. I'm not a fan of the art. Style. So then that concludes the reading corner. How about TV? What did you watch? Uh, <laughs> I watched
1: so many things. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of shows ended because um again, this is the episode for May. So a lot of TV shows wrapped up at the end of February um and the beginning of May, namely Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, but we're not gonna talk about that because that's not. <laughs> oh,
0: but you say um, Game of Thrones
1: yeah i'm like saying because the major show that wrapped up in me was um game of thrones right yeah um but for me the show that i'm gonna talk about i wasn't sure to talk about it before but you know what this is my brand i'm sticking with it k-dramas mm-hmm. again people like if this is the first time you're hearing us i love kate i love korean dramas i love yep. asian dramas and you know what i might just stick with talking about these because this is my brand this is a very own brand for you Exactly. We talk about what we want to talk about. And I, today I want to talk about a new Korean drama called um, One Spring Night. So this drama is interesting to me for many reasons, but I'll start off with some background because it's written by Kim Eun and directed by on Pan Suk. And the reason I, I think this show has very good potential is, is it's written and directed by the same team that did something in the Rain." Now... I'm sure a lot of people who like know dramas and stuff know that something in the rain was one of the most popular dramas of 2018. And Lanisha and I, we've talked about the show before, and we talked about it in our special where we talked about um, like um Korean dramas and um and genres because I because I had talked about the Nuna Nuna oh, dramas, yeah. Where, yeah, right. So I do, we talked about something right with that. And so a Nuna drama is where. Um, so Nuna is like uh, the Korean word for older sister or or a cousin or or a friend. So Nuna is an older woman. So someone that you would refer to. With, this is a term used for respect. Like they could be six months older than you, and you would still call them Nuna because so, it's a sign of respect. But you can uh-huh. also call this person. You can also use it as a term too. And so like there's also Oppa. So Oppa is the male version of that. And you can so you'll hear siblings cousins calling older men again they, they could be like six months older than oppa and if you're in a relationship you can call your boyfriend if he's older than you oppa so to some hmm. people it seems weird but it's like a term of endearment it's just always say babe but you can call a baby babe and still call a grown man babe right so it's the same right. it's basically almost the same thing so that's a lunar so Nuna romance is a older woman younger man so this is a genre that was kind of popular. Like I would say in the early two thousands, and it's now creeping back up and becoming more popular again in Korean dramas. So, uh-huh. *Something to Rain* was a very popular one last year. So, this one, *One Spring Night*, was directed and everything by the same group, uh, by the same thing. And honestly, I love their right their creative style together. They they're very mature. They have very mature themes, and they deal with things very realistically. My only my biggest gripe with *Something to Rain* was, whoo, the mother in law. Ooh, uh-huh. the, the, the female lead's mother was whew, every time I see this actor I'm like she is so amazing like, every time I see her in a drama I get prepared to hate whatever character she's playing because she's that damn good uh-huh. so I, she's in the same she's in this drama again so she's playing the female Lee's mother again and thank goodness she's not playing a hateful biatch <laughs> <laughs> I'm like thank goodness but so for uh, for One Spring Night this it stars um Han Ji-min and Jung Hae-in, who was also, so Jung Hae-in played the male lead in something in the arena. He's a male lead in One Spring Night, and I love him. He is so cute. Hey, babe, he is Uh fine and hot and cute all at the same time. And this is interesting because he's played a single father, and this is something we don't typically see in Korean dramas, where the male lead is a single parent. We've had, like, I've watched shows where the female lead is a single mother and like they deal with the stigma of have of raising a child by themselves because Korea is a um, South Korea is a very when it comes to certain things a very conservative country so like when it comes to like and this is a a problem that women face all all around the world face with stigmas of being single mothers like you know the fathers Mm -hmm. never face the same consequences yeah and the same stigma that the women deal with so we've seen this a few times in Korean dramas but this is the first one I'm watching where the main lead is a single father to a young son so his son is about five Uh and it's gonna be interesting to see him getting to this relationship um with this with this woman i'm not sure exactly how old i think she's probably five six seven years older than him and to see her she's already in a relationship so she's at a point in the relationship she's like they they've become so comfortable that they no longer that she no longer has feelings with him so she's determining do i stay in this relationship because i feel comfortable Or do I leave and want something more for myself? Uh So it's interesting because like a lot of the show is about their person, their feelings about him feeling that he doesn't deserve to move on and that he does like, because of what happened with his, his son's mother. And we're getting to see this perspective for a man, especially for a young man, him dealing with having to raise a child, and like having, um, emotional insecurities and this is something we don't uh-huh. see because you know we all see men like they're strong and like thing but he has no problem saying like he doesn't feel secure in himself as a father like, he he questions himself and he questions what he could give to a woman in a relationship right so that's interesting to see and for her it's interesting uh-huh. where she has to come to the realization do i settle for comfort uh-huh. Or do I want something more for myself and explore? So that's a interesting dynamic. So i uh-huh. all I'm hoping for this show is please, please, do not rush the ending like with something to ring. The ending for something to ring, they, they when they came back together it was like five minutes. Left. I'm like, no, give me like two proper episodes with <coughs> like being happy because we all know with typical, um, Korean dramas like there's gonna be some kind of controversy to break uh-huh. the part and cause conflict. But I'm hoping that all the conflict, since all a lot of the conflict is happening here at the beginning, uh-huh. they're questioning their, their reality. Their thing, I'm hoping that we don't get that later in the show. But I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. And again, I love the cinematography for this show. It's amazing. The direction is great. The director, again, um, Ponsik, um, he is a phenomenal Director, like, and his cinema, his team, his creative team is like great. The way he frames his shots, I love the way he frames his shots, like, it's beautiful. So, I'm really looking forward to this show. I'm hoping it doesn't frustrate the hell out of me <laughs> before I
0: get a happy conclusion. <laughs> Let's hope, but you know, K drama gonna K drama.
1: <laughs> I'm hoping they saw all the criticisms because a lot of people have the same criticisms for something in the rain where people it's a well-written show and everything but when you had like needless angst and the three-year separation Ooh, spoiler yeah. three-year separation and then coming back together like within the last five minutes of the show a lot of people that was their biggest issue with the film so I'm with the shows mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that both the writer and the director saw that saw the yeah. comments and say let's not frustrate the viewers again mm-hmm. <laughs> and you they think?
0: was like I, I hope <laughs>
1: I really hope because I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. Mm -hmm.
0: No, that sounds good. I definitely enjoy what you said about like how she's faced with the, I guess the decision of, do I stay with something comfortable? Mm -hmm. um, Or do I explore something that I want? Because as a woman dating in 2019, I find that is something that goes on constantly for a lot of women that we can all relate to of just like, we don't have to settle. But it is also frustrating when you're dating and you're trying to like, find, and it's, I I say find that someone as in like with dating, it's a gamble. Like when you meet people, you go on a date, you see how it goes, but then it's just like, it's always going to be a question of like, should I settle? Like, this is comfortable, but is it what you want? Is it what's making you happy? And I like that when that dynamic is truly being explored. In like different media,s because it's not explored enough. It's usually like a a, rom- a romance doesn't usually focus on like a lot of romances. I would say beforehand don't focus on like is this thing really making you happy and filling you completely, and like is, are they something that you need in your life or is it just something you're settling for? Exactly.
1: So. And, and and like what you mentioned about dating and twenty, because actually there have been a few like conversations between her and her sisters and her friend, where they kind of mm-hmm. they kind of say the same thing. Where she's like, "Do like her, her her friend is like, but do, do you want to put yourself back out there with with all the stress that comes with dating again?" She's like, "You already mm-hmm. have someone here," but then she, but then her friend, but then like her and the and the Lee, so he is. Um, call his his name is uh, E Jung In, and her name is Yu-Gi-Oh. U- so Ugo is like looking at him as like she she like for them it was like almost like an immediate attraction,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and it's not like this burning kind of thing like oh I must have you, but it's just like them recognizing like chemistry, chemistry and and like synergy, and I and I just love the way they do it. It's not a meet you or anything. It's just like he saw her and he's like. You interest me. You intrigue me. I want to know more about you. See? And, yes. Right? So it's like, so it's not like, so I just love the way that the writer and the actors just do it. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's just like you see each other and like, you interest me. He's just like, I want to know about you. But then the thing, that, again, I love with these characters, like in the same thing with Something the Rain is he's, um, so Jungin is very, he seems quiet, but he's very assertive when he needs to be. Hmm. And he like told her, he's like, I don't want to be your friend. And he's like, the reason I want to be your friend is because I know it's going to be difficult for me to be your friend because I'm attracted to you. I don't want to be in a relationship mm. with you. I want to get to know you. And then he kind of acquiesces because he's like, OK, because he didn't want to like force her into a, a position where she had to choose yeah. between him and her and her boyfriend. And like, I'm not going to make her life difficult. Mm. Right. And he thinks that also like, he also thinks because he has a son he's a single dad that he's going to somehow um, create negative a negative, um, create a negative stigma si- on him. But like one thing I love is like, she told him that she's like, you have a son, you didn't do anything wrong. She's like, what's wrong with that? And I just love mm. that because she kind of reaffirms him without even knowing how he feels that he has insecurities about that. So like she reaffirms him about that. And the, the whole dating thing, like this is something that we in the 2019 have to deal with like at our ages, like there's people that are going to have children that they had mm-hmm. at a young age and it's like do you like you have to consider all these things like how are you going to interact with a child that doesn't have his mother like what are you have to think about the consequences and the, mm-hmm. and, and everything that comes with this like I love how they're developing this holiday this, that they are discussing it so it's not like she's just jumping into relationship and it's that the right. kids call her I mommy mean, really, Like they're considering this and I just love how real it is and how realistic it is. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm single, you're single. And like the prospect of dating in 2019 is like, whew. It's,
0: I'm drained just talking about it. <laughs> Y'all see me rant about it on Twitter. It's, 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 it's a struggle because it's like, one, you have to try it. Not have to try it. Like one, I want to say like for people who are single, you are whole without somebody in your life. And like, and you don't need to have a person. Now I'm in the want category. I want someone in my life who, Same. like, you know, like there's some boxes I want checked, but it's not like in the standard where some people are just super picky. It's more of just like you want to meet somebody like how you said the characters are, like there's a chemistry behind, between them. And, like, there's this connection. And I think we all want that to a degree or just, like, in different ways when it comes to dating um, or whatever our intentions are as we're dating and single. But it's also very frustrating because our options in this day and age are limited when it's, like, if you don't meet exactly. somebody at work, or, and, I'm, and I say this as, like, I don't want to date anyone I would ever I work at. But it's just, like, your, op, your your dating pool shrinks as you get out of college as you, like, and you move through, like, different parts of your life, and it's kind of, like, we're yeah. all looking yeah. for that connection. Hmm? I'm sorry,
1: couldn't hear you. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and as you're getting older, like, your dating pool does shrink, because, like, mm-hmm. there are people in relationships, like, the number of people like, in relationships increases, right? Yeah. And so, like, as you said, your dating pool does um do, um get smaller, but also, like, you know more of what you want, and, like, yeah. the whole idea of settling like i've had people tell me like i've had my standards over to i'm like how is my standard like, i want a man who's taller than me i'm five feet i need somebody's <laughs> that's
0: not that <laughs> is not oh,
1: that's hard <laughs> exactly i'm like, right i like that i'm attracted to like people are like, oh you know you don't have to think i'm like why would i want to be in a relationship with someone that i am not physically emotionally and mentally thank attracted you. to like, thank you uh what and i'm like like my idea of attraction doesn't uh-huh. have to conform to your idea of attraction, but I have uh-huh. to be attracted to him. Thank right? you. So like, like, I've had many conversations with a lot of, especially older women who are like married, they've said, uh-huh. oh, enjoy your singleness. Like you, like you don't want to, be. I'm like, listen, you need to shut up because uh-huh. you're married, you're in a relationship, whatever. If you uh-huh. didn't want, if you, if you thought singlehood, if you thought single them was so great, you would have never said yes. I said, I do. So hush.
0: Mm, I think my we can we can keep this all in because I feel like it's maybe some people will connect to it I feel like as of right now I'm yes to all of everything you said because I tell people this all the time when I date somebody I need two things and I need to be attracted to you and I need to be interested Mm -hmm. in you I can't have one without the other I need to be interested and attracted to you because I don't want someone just on the surface And I don't, and I need, and but I also acknowledge that I need to be attracted to you. And it's just like, I've had conversations with friends who are just like, I just want you to meet somebody. And like, don't you want to be with somebody? And I'm like, of course I want to be with somebody, but I also don't want to, I don't want to settle. It's like, I told, I was telling my friend a story, uh, I told some actually friends, a story about like how sometimes I get hit on like at, at work and I'm just not interested. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, I hate when people tell me, oh, you don't like, you should give them a chance. I'm just like, I'm 27. I'm tired. I don't want to give people chances anymore. I want, if I'm not attracted to you, I don't want to do that because one, it's just, huh? We don't got that
1: kind of time to waste, and I'm older than you, so like,
0: thank you. I mean, like, I don't, I don't want to waste the next year and dating somebody. I mean, like, and that can happen with anybody. Dating is a gamble, but it's just, it's frustrating when people make it seem like, oh, people who are in relationships make it seem like we're difficult because we don't want to settle. And I think it's very important for people to understand. It's just like when people who have been in relationships for a long time don't remember what it's like to be single and they don't know what what our experience being single is. It's like, first, I got to meet somebody somehow. And I mm-hmm. gotta hope they're not a creep. I gotta hope they're not going to be a misogynistic asshole. And I gotta mm-hmm. also, and I gotta also hope that through all of this, that we're gonna connect on some level. And, and then don't forget the mind games of dating in 2019 because you got ghosting, you got people who can't commit to just like dates. Like, just you can't commit to a date, but you're interested in me and all you wanna do is text. It's just like, it's frustrating dating in 2019. It, it, and people forget all this stuff.
1: Exactly, like, I need you to know stuff about that. I don't have scientific... Are we or are, are we or aren't we? Like, no. Tell me straight up. Are you interested in relationship? Yes. This is my. This is my goal. This is my interest. Like, I am not about playing mm-hmm. games. I know Dang that you. kind of time to waste. Like, I need to know. And also, the whole playing games. Like, am might... Is he interested in me? I need you to let me know mm-hmm. that you're interested in me. I don't need to be worrying about. Oh my god. Do I need to do this because he's attracted to me? Is he attracted? No, like, right. I don't gotta connect kind of time to waste. Like, I wanna no, be able to send we, a text. That game.
0: I wanna be able to send a text and not have to think about what I'm going to put in the text. I wanna be able to just talk to you. I wanna be able to <laughs> not be like, oh, shoot, I can't reply to him in an hour because he's gonna think I'm thirsty. And then yes. you, on that end, you going to play this bullshit of like you read my text and you're just not going to get back to me because you just want to see how long I'm going to wait or am I going to follow up? Like these are the mind games. These are the mind games of dating 2019. And then I just, one last, one last gripe I have to say, people who are in a relationship, I just want y'all to understand, like Carolyn and I have said, as we have gotten older, our dating pools have shrunken. It's, It's not that easy to meet somebody. As like everyone thinks and i just want to go on the record for people who say stuff like well have you tried meeting someone in church instead of on an app and i'm just like first off don't shame people on how they meet people one like Mm. with dating apps or whatever but i'm just gonna go on on the record and say this excuse my french fuck boys are in the church too i say this girl as a lifelong pk fuck boys are in the church too so dating is truly a gamble everywhere
1: are you telling me like I've been I I go to church. Like I I go mm-hmm. to church every Sabbath and whatever. And I've been going to church my whole life. And I also have people their men are jerks in and outside the church. Like Oh yeah. No, like because to go to church I go to many many I, I, some of them are even more are bigger players inside the church than Thank out you. because like I, the experiences i've had and my friends have had mm-hmm. i'm like no you're gonna you're not gonna swing that foolishness with me like mm-mm. Mm-hmm.
0: and i just i I, Don't it, no. I feel like we've gone down the hole this is this is like a triggering subject <laughs> for us to talk about dating but it needs to be said because it's just like people want to make all these assumptions about singlehood and i appreciate this show for actually discussing about like settling and pursuing what you want and not let and not letting someone feel bad about like if you're not healthy in a relationship, if you don't feel fulfilled in a relationship and you've put in the work, there is no reason for you to stay in it. And yes, you should question it. Like if you've put in the work and you've put in the effort, I have, I'm, like, I'm going to watch the show because that, that's just something I feel like is not like that discussion doesn't get to ha- be had enough with like single characters.
1: No, because, and the thing about it is because, like, they're at a stage in her life because she and her boyfriend and the family, like, they're always like, just get married. And she's like, no, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to marry you for the sake of getting married. Like, I want to marry you because I want to. No, it's... Not, as far as not necessary, about the commitment. But she's like, I'm not gonna do this specific thing because you want me to, or because you all feel like time is running out and I have to do it. She's like, No, Thank you're you. not gonna make me do something that I'm gonna regret down the road because I'm the person that's gonna have to live with the 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 consequences. Not that she's very clear cut about that, especially with her, with her parents, because like we all know, like no matter how old we get, our parents still love to dictate our lives. Yep. And again, this is a, this is a trope we see a lot in K dramas, but it's not a trope because it's that's life. Like parents love to dictate your lives and for her she's one of the few characters the few female characters that is, has no problem standing up to her parents mm. and saying like this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to do and another thing is her sister her older sister her dad pressured her into marrying this man and it mm-hmm. seems that we haven't had a really, but I think he's been abusive because she left him but like even her sister stood up she because her, even her sister her sister first she like you are not going to do to her what you did to me she's like I'm not going to have it Um, And I love and I love that solidarity between the sisters and even the mom. The mom was like, you're not going to force my daughter to do something she knows. And I love that solidarity between the sisters and the mom and the the female relationships are are really well done. Even the male relationships, like he talks to his friends and like he has no problem sharing his feelings with his friends. So I love seeing this. But for me, like the whole not settling on her, coming to turn her, making decisions for herself and her. Figured out what she wants with her life romantically and just like in general mm-hmm. like, I just love that they're doing this I'm just hoping it doesn't frustrate me by episode 10 because that's <laughs> episode 10 is like the magic episode for frustrating the hell out of characters out, out of viewers but yeah I just love it for mm-hmm. that and I think a lot of people would actually enjoy it for this for the discussion that it's creating mm-hmm. but again people just remember when you have your single friends if you married, if you have a single friends please do not tell them about settling because <sighs> that ain't the way to go. Life is too short. We got too much ish to deal with and settling with a partner, someone that you have to sleep in next to every night is not the way to go. Make yourself right. happy. Do what you do. Do you do what you got to do to be happy. Because you sleeping with a person. It's you got to wake up with them, not the other people. Thank you.
0: Just, ends, you
1: period. Period. <laughs> just going to end it there. <laughs> period period with, uh, with acrylic nails. Period.
0: <laughs> yeah. I wish I had some acrylic nails. Insert Chris Evans with the box sprays. <laughs> uh, what makes it funnier oh is god, that he knows that what makes it funnier <laughs> is that he's aware now and i am living for it i'm just waiting for the other ones to find out about it like uh, oh
1: my god michael b jordan the one michael b jordan still kills me he used that with a tweet in response to the tweet that steph did i like oh my gosh we this is what we call a real segue but this is something we do yeah but like these memes are killing me yeah, like yeah. i
0: and I'm mad at Giving me all the laughter I needed for the day. Oh, it got me through the weekend. Oh, she's like, y'all are tearing <laughs> it up and I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, but well, thank you again for sharing that on And we had a great discussion <laughs> that we could relate to off that show. Um, so for me, I watched Good Omens, <laughs> which just premiered this past weekend. So May 31st, it came out. Um, and it's a series that's on Amazon Prime. So I'll just read the synopsis. An angel and a demon must join forces to find a way to save the world as the end of time grows near with the approaching Armageddon. So for y'all who don't know, I love a good, like, I guess I want to call it biblical mythology, like fantasy, like stories. Like I love supernatural. Like I grew up like obsessed with supernatural and I specifically loved the demons and angels arcs in that series but so i was really excited about this also because neil gaiman he wrote um he wrote it uh and he like if y'all aren't familiar with neil gaiman he also wrote american gods so i was looking forward to it and just the cast alone like i'll read some of the people who are in it you got david Tennant, michael sheen john Hamm, benedict cumberbatch <laughs> um you got nick offerman and uh, it just like the list goes on Like, and it's, it's a really, really well done production. It is, I believe, only, like, it's not a super long series. I don't know if they intend for this to go on into um, a second series. I mean, a second season. It's, I feel like they left it open that way. But Good Omens was a book. And then it's about, like, I just gave y'all a synopsis. So basically, an an angel and a demon have been friends for, like, since the beginning of time. Um, Yeah. And so, like, it deals with a lot of like, it it borrows, of course, because it's Angels and Demons. It's borrowing from the Bible. Um, So it's basically the demon that um, tempted Eve to eat the apple becomes friends with the angel that was guarding um, Eden, and they just and then like, so they, yeah, so like that, and they kind of give us a a twist on it because like, and like us like knowing from biblical history, it's more, it's actually that the the serpent was Satan. So they kind of switch that up. So basically the angel and the demon have been on earth from the beginning of times and you just kind of see like they they're friends and they're not friends (laughs) they basically yeah they work together they're kind of like I want to say they're friends in a sense where huh
1: they're arch nemesis they're like I hate you
0: but Um, we can get along yeah where it's like you think like the whole thing is that like they shouldn't hate one another and not at all help one another they actually have like this weird relationship of just like oh we just keep bumping into each other during different periods of time like they were both there at the crucifixion of Jesus and they were there during the French Renaissance and then they were there in Rome and like you see how like their relationship grows over time which one I'm a fan of David Tennant so him playing a demon was right on brand for him which I thought was funny and then Michael Sheen is the angel uh, Aziraphale um, and david Tennant's character is crowley so you see that like over time they both like the good parts of them um start to have impressions on the on the other one so as in like aziraphale actually like him being a demon he does truly care about that yeah no crowley being a demon he actually cares about aziraphale the angel so like there's a time when um, the angel is captured because it's the French Renaissance and they think he's an aristocrat, so they're about to kill him. Um, oh, yeah. And is there, and Crowley shows up and he frees him. So and it's like they kind of have this, I guess a sim is the word, a symbiotic relationship where like symbiotic they free. hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking because it's kind of like a mutual and kind of mutual, mutual acrimonious res- um, respect for each other.
0: Yeah. So, yes. So then yeah, I would define it as a symbiotic relationship where they benefit one another when it suits them. So it's more like, oh, I have to go here, too, on this mission. But if you're going to go, I'll flip you for it. So like they have that kind of impression. So like that's just the background, on, like their relationship. So you see like they they don't call themselves friends, but they're friends. Um, and they try to keep, they try to keep their friendship a secret from both heaven and hell, um, throughout all the make years. Don't make
1: no sense. Don't hmm? make no sense. Cause you know,
0: God, I know. <laughs> well, I guess in this sense, it's more like God is not the one that's like ruling over the, like, of course we know, like, again, God rules over the angels, but it's more like there's like a managerial thing where it's like the angels. So you have oh. Gabriel, and then you have like the demon Beelzebub, like their head management. And they're the ones that oversee the, the angels and the demons. So uh, to present day, the Antichrist, this all starts because the Antichrist was born. And it's all these shenanigans to get the, uh, the apocalypse to kickstart. And both sides, the heaven and hell, they want the apocalypse to happen because basically to them, it's to see who has the biggest army. And it's basically they keep saying it's a part of the grand plan. It's a part of the, like it's, a, it's ineffable. Like this all, this is all supposed to happen. Um, whereas like yeah. um, Aziraphale and Crowley question it and they're, and they are very selfish truly because they don't want humanity to end because they enjoy earth. They've been living on earth for so long that they like earth. So they don't want it. Right. to end. So I'm just like, y'all are just very, this is all about how this demon and this angel don't want to give up their lives on earth as it is right now and they just and they don't right. and i guess they kind of want to save humanity and they don't want all of humanity to die so we so it's like that's the whole thing so you go through the whole part like now they have they're trying to track down the antichrist find him and then stop the apocalypse from happening <laughs> and that's a series um there's other things that go on throughout it i again i enjoyed the casting like i think it was really funny and talented um It's definitely, I want to go and read the book because I I just, it's that feeling I got when I watched American Gods where it's just like this very creative way of taking lore, um, specifically taking biblical, uh, I guess biblical lore, and then like turning it into like this story with them. Right, right. And I just I've always found that interesting because it's because uh, I went to a Christian college and my teacher he really challenged us to like study the history of the Bible and like dive into this stuff so like that's what got me to like know about oh how angels were casted out and all these other things so I'm like usually very interested in like how like when we talk about the fallen it, it kind of delves into that too
1: right yeah, yeah those kind of those kind of books and stuff like I tend to stay away from. Not only because of a from her thing, because, but because of like, um, I've mentioned this before in a couple of episodes, I think, where I've had mm-hmm. like, ne- like negative supernatural experiences when I read, read books dealing with that kind of stuff and like watching certain shows. Like, I, mm-hmm. I will, you will not catch me watching Lucifer. I will not watch that
0: show. I'm very tempted. Playing- <laughs> I say I'm very tempted, and it's mainly because. <laughs> I'm tempted, but like, I just know if my parents like came in or they saw it on my Netflix queue, they're gonna be like, so let's talk about this. Let's. <laughs> go, my dad is gonna break out the holy oil and like, and like exercise me. I'm just like, it's just a show. So, I'm like, that's
1: why I haven't watched it. <laughs> my mom is the same. my mom wouldn't even be like, my, my mom would not even be that talk. My mom is the kind of person that my sister never growing up in <laughs> Barbados. My mom would, we watch something and like, our TV's in the living room, so the way our house is, our mom's bedroom is closest to the living room. Well, kind of, everyone's bedroom is close. But if we'd be watching something, then my mom would get up out of her bed, she'd be like, what are you watching? My spirit is unsettled. <laughs> yeah. And she and I'm not no lie. She would get olive oil <laughs> and pray mm-hmm. and put olive oil on the TV. She's like, I don't know what demons you want to bring in my house. <laughs> yeah. But whatever you watch it, stop watching it now. And my sister and we kind of like the same way because like we've had like supernatural experiences. I've had like I would call them demonic experiences. I'm like, I don't play when it comes to things with certain um themes, like uh like occult. I do not Messed around with, like you will not. I will not be watching Suspiria because I heard it goes on, and I'm like, no, mm. it even took me years to watch Lord of the Rings because the whole IR Star Wars, Star Wars kind of thing. I'm like, I'm playing, I watched, but I binged all of them one day by a friend. I was like a grown adult, but it took me years to watch Lord of the Rings because of that. And some things I don't play with, I don't mess with. <laughs>
0: no no I don't blame you I mean like I like the I like the fantasy side of it and like me being a Christian I enjoy when like they include um like things from Christianity like themes from it and like the themes from Christianity are basically in everything uh like almost every form of storytelling but for me it's more so like my interest has always been piqued by like fantasy and all that but I have a line I have a line um like i like sabrina i like the sabrina series on netflix mm-hmm. but when they say hail satan i'm like ah nope, no 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 no
1: no lord I, jesus cleanse. i cover myself I like, in the blood of jesus kind of i'd be like lord
0: i'd be like lord you know i'm not you know i'm not like saying that right <laughs> I, i'm like y'all i'm like y'all could not I, me to be on that show <laughs> oh Y'all could not pay me to be on that show and say that line. I'm not saying
1: it. Ooh, no, I'm telling you, there are some things I, I do not play with.
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> are you okay? What just happened? Oh, God. <laughs> My sister just opened the door and scared the crap <laughs> out <on> of me. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I was like, what happening? Oh, goodness. Excuse us, y'all we're going to let Carolyn recover (laughs) you good (laughs) she's not recovered yet (laughs) oh lord take a breath uh, (laughs) woo
1: damn it it takes a lot to jump me. I'm actually not very easily scared,
0: but I think it's because while we were talking about. Mm-hmm. because of the demons. <laughs> oh Lord. Well let's move on to a conversation that has nothing to do with demons. So I was gonna just say we can move on to the movie section. So what did you watch?
1: Uh, I I actually had a challenge picking films to watch because I actually kinda watched a few movies this year. Mm-hmm. This month. Um, I watched like of course um John wick Chapter Three. Um see you yesterday. Uh whew, what else did I watch? I watched a couple of few shows. So I, I wasn't sure what to discuss, but I think we're gonna I wanna discuss um John wick Chapter Three parabola. Mm-hmm. Um because yes, I love me Maki and Reeves. But also I think this I, I really like this film I because I think the they've done such a the director and the writers have done such a great job continuing the lore of, of John Wick and building out the universe. And it's mm-hmm. like and as it gets bigger, it's not becoming more complicated. It's actually things are actually becoming more simplified, if you understand what I mean. Like the way they're explaining and giving you the background for the continental and explain the world kind of makes it more clear cut. Like this world functions in this very specific way. And I really love that. And also we have new characters this year, this time around. So like one of the new characters is called the adjudicator and they're played by Asia Kate Dillon. So I say there because she identifies as non-binary. So huh. the character is considered non-binary too. So like in the in the film, like, the adjudicator is described as, ju- is referred to just as adjudicator, and I really love that. Mm-hmm. And also, we got to meet the elder. So the elder is someone that was hinted at before in the first two films, and the elder's mm-hmm. played by Saeed Tagmul, and he's Middle Eastern. I'm not going to say exactly where, because they don't give you an application, but he's Middle Eastern. And it kind of brings in this other aspect of the world where, finally, we're going to get more people of colour, one. Mm-hmm. But it also gives you this... Um, It gives you a background um, into the assassins, like where, because the word assassin, comes from and it's based on an Arabic word, right? So uh-huh. they're getting they're creating that background on it too, and I love that. So and also I I love Halle Berry. I love the fact that they not only cast her but they made her such a strong character. But like we get a uh-huh. backstory on her, we know her motivations, and she has these two dogs that she commands. And I this is the first time that I can recall watching a film where you have a female character who is in command of her own defense um mm-hmm. with regards to dogs because we've seen films with men who have their dogs who have like their canine unit dogs or mm-hmm. their own dogs that they use as trainers their backup and their partners and you know there's tons of tv shows where like Trek and hutch and kind of shows where you have men have their dogs as their psychics and like this is the first mm-hmm. time seeing a female character with her she has dogs for her psychics and i gotta say props to Halle Berry because i listened to this podcast called um Oh my gosh, It's cinema blends? I think it was, hmm. and like, and they 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 speak to the director, um, Dave Stelsky, and then they talk about the training for the dogs. And I I read I did some research on the training for the dogs, and Hallie was very heavily involved in the training of the dogs because they had to be trained to respond to her commands and to her voice. Mm-hmm. And for the scene that they did in the film, the the this there's the scene that takes place at this. Um, at uh, this um building um what well where john and her characters called sophia they go to find out information and like this fight makes up and this one scene takes took like, months and months and months to prepare for because they had to train mm-hmm. the dolls very the doll, the train had to be very precise for these dolls and they do some amazing stuff where i think it's like one of the most impressive sequences that I've seen in years and possibly ever because you not only have the human element but you have the element with dogs and the dogs have to be like the way she commands these dogs is super impressive and I, I'm i glad that we got to see a black woman take command on um, being in charge of a situation like this and be in charge of these dogs because and it was something that occurred to me like when I was writing uh, my review for it is because we've, uh, we've seen like images of in the past of like dogs being used to attack mm. um, black people right the same see a black woman being in charge and commanding those like I'm a dog person I always grew I grew up around dogs I've always had dogs around me and I've had dogs from like small tiny like chihuahuas to like my brother had a a dog that was like she was massive she was a Rhodesian Ridgeback mixed with a, um, a British Mastiff so she was like massive tall so I've always been around dogs that were uh-huh. different sizes and I'm, I'm very comfortable around dogs so like I love seeing her Halle Berry a black woman being in charge of these two powerful dogs and I'm like please give me more of them in chapter four because uh-huh. I, I'm hoping they bring her back and I'm hoping to see the dogs again and another thing that I really loved about it is again talking about dogs is as a dog lover, like I've always hated the stigma that bulldogs have, and because of dog fighting. And the thing with the John Wick series is, we know that it's based like it's a lot of it starts because of his his puppy Molly was killed. And I love the fact that we get to see John's character, um, Keanu Reeves' character, John, be very mm-hmm. affectionate with his pit bull, right? Because she's mm. a she's a I think it's he because he well. I think it's a boy, but he calls him the Dog. Like that's his name, and mm-hmm. like he's very affectionate. And I love seeing him be affectionate with the dog. So you have the two dogs, Howie's dogs, which are, um, I think they're Malam uh, Malamir. So they're dogs that are used for training by the CIA, the FBI. You know, they're they're like these, mm-hmm. this breed is used specifically for attack and late like, like German Shepherds, and for bull dogs. So you have the two dogs that we uh, that we're accustomed to seeing a bait attack but we have a build up bait short affection and it may not seem mm-hmm. like a big deal to people but like I really appreciated that we got to see more of that in the film and it's I think it's actually doing a great thing for the breed itself like creating a positive um impression of the dogs for people who who fear like pit bulls and who don't have any like true knowledge or uh-huh. understanding of like, how pit bulls are actually are. Pit bulls are actually very affectionate dolls and they're actually great around children. Uh-huh. It's just because people train them to be attack dolls that they, that they have that bad um, stigma of being like vicious, but they're real sweeties and real cuties when they're when you if you bring them up in a loving environment. So I love that. And I love the film and the world building and Mark, the Cascos was amazing. And I got to shot it up for my, for Yayan Rulian. Um, mm. Anyone knows me knows that I love the Raid series. And Yayan is from the Raid series. And I was so happy to see him get not only a significant fighting scene in the film, but his mm. character is actually very funny. So it's him. And let me look at the other fighter because they play um, Shinobi, which is like students for a, um, Zero, which is Marta Cascos's character. Mm-hmm. And I just got to give a special shout out to them because they were actually funny. Um, so Sisap Arif Rahman, so they're they're actually funny, and I like that we got to see these two characters be funny. These two, um, you know, that's something we not we don't get to see. And like, it was they were they was hilarious. It was deadly, mm-hmm. like they were kicking ass, but like it was still funny, and I really like that. So, yeah, so. Just watch it, please. It's John Wick 3. I think it's on Netflix now, actually. Um, but this they've done one of the few things where you've had a sequel in a series be better than the one that came before, be better than the one that came before. So if it was to rate I would say 1, 3, and 2. Oh. If I had to rate which ones is my from, from best uh, thing, I would say John Wick 1, John Wick 3, and then John Wick 2.
0: Nice. I'm actually planning on going to see it. Um, hopefully it. this weekend. Um I now knowing that Halle Berry is alive at the end, I'm definitely going to see it. I'm, I'm not going to lie; Hollywood plays with me when it comes to Black women in action movies, and Let's usually say. they die. Uh.
1: Let's so keep I'm it glad, Like
0: I, yeah, that's that is a spoiler. I appreciate knowing, and I do hope that she has more of a role in the next chapter because it seems like they're gonna keep making these movies. So. I don't mind
1: going. if they keep making it because um, Keanu said he he's mm-hmm. willing to make them as long as they're... He's willing to be John Wick as long as they're willing to keep making them. And I'm like, if you guys mm-hmm. keep this trend up of, of great storytelling, great directing, great acting, great action sequences, keep on keeping on. Is This is one of the few series that I mm-hmm. don't mind them keep going. That's like the It Man series. I'm like, give me more It Man, please.
0: Give me more. Yep. Oof, yeah. Like, yeah. Those be good. Um, well, for me so i went um, we're gonna talk about two movies i'm gonna talk about two movies because i know you watched always be my maybe but before we get into that one Mm -hmm. i am going to talk about godzilla oh yes you saw it yes did you see it no not yet okay um well obviously there's no real spoilers because monsters gonna wreck stuff up Mm -mm. but i just want to say as someone who loves kaiju movies it is it Mm -hmm. it is what i wanted Mm. I, I I truly sometimes I just want to say this honestly, I don't even need the people anymore. We could just have someone narrating the monsters fighting and I will watch Ken Watanabe. Let it be no. Ken Watanabe. Yes. yes, him. That'd be great. <laughs> um I am just I like where the franchise is going. So, like for y'all who are not familiar, this is a sequel to Godzilla. This is the one that came out in 2014. Uh, a sequel to that one this one is now godzilla king of the monsters i like how it introduces because in the previous one you know that there's other kaijus the idea is that there's other ones so it's not that godzilla is a phenomenon he's the only one it's that they are aware that there are other kaijus so in this one they now in the beginning it starts off with like how since godzilla and the they call it the, the attack on san francisco when like in the last one he saves the people from the giant monsters. Um, it's like this picks up where like now this organization called Monarch um, exists, so we can study the m- monsters, but also so we can find a way, a solution for them to coexist with the monsters. Um, which I'm just be honest, when you realize that there are giant monsters in the world. You ain't got no choice but to find a way to it, to coexist. <laughs> exactly. I'm like,
1: I'm like How are you gonna like? They just I, are. What are you gonna do about them? You're gonna say, please, can you go somewhere? Else? Like, they ain't gonna go. Nope.
0: nope. And I mean, I definitely like. So I grew up watching Godzilla. Like, I guess it, it's technically an anime. Um, like the old old one, mm-hmm. like the 1970s one. So. That was my introduction to the Godzilla. And it was in that one, Godzilla is on the side with the humans, and the humans make contact with him and they're able to communicate with him. So it's like they're able to summon him when they need his help. So yeah. I always thought that like that'd be so cool. So in this one, this movie really does justice to the to that anime of Godzilla. How do I put this? He has no beef with us. He has no problem with people. Yeah. He true but if you get in his way, it's not his responsibility to not stomp on you. Like he can't be worried about us as ants. Like we are ants to him. We don't be worried about stepping on ants. Godzilla ain't worried about stepping on us. But his main priority is to keep order. Like his main priority is to remain the king, the alpha of the monsters of the kind. Yeah. So it's just like I can get with that. I can coexist. Just tell me what I gotta do. Like we are Godzilla's pets. He takes care of us. As in, he makes sure that. It's like a symbiotic, I'm using, that is the word for this episode, the symbiotic relationship with Godzilla and the humans is that it benefits him to remain the king of the monsters, to remain the alpha, and for the other ones to, because he keeps them in check, and it benefits us to keep him alive, because without him, another giant monster will come and kill us all. You know, such as life. Yes, such is life. Um, which I think, which is basically the premise of this one is just like Ghidorah. I believe it's the three-headed dragon one um, <laughs> that is like challenging Godzilla and basically trying to take over. Um, basically, challenging his dominance um, and trying to take over being the, his title as king of the monsters. Yeah, you know, humans go to human, and we feel like that we find a way to control these monsters. And that's the solution. We must find a way to control them. Um, understand. And then do you care
1: about spoilers? Because I can... Well, no, the whole trailer is a damn spoiler. Spoiler away, go right. do it. Right.
0: The, the twist is, so, you know, there's a mom and a daughter and a dad, whatever, they got divorced. Uh, so the mom is the scientist that develops a way to keep the monsters calm, which is basically by putting out this, um, basically, they call it the orca, they put up these sound waves that oh, it was Godzilla roars. Yeah. yeah, when he roars, they recognize an alpha. So it's kind of like in How to Train a Dragon when they recognize an alpha, they all bow down and they follow the, yeah. the alpha's orders. Well, this one, she got the, nerve. the twist here is that her idea is like, I figured out, I figured out what I had to do because our son died in the battle with God. Like in the last battle, and Godzilla stepped on him, so her solution to everything is that we have to release all the monsters and then that way it like basically she sounds like Thanos she's like the world is overpopulated we polluted. we've destroyed it but look at what happened to the areas after the monsters fought the radiation caused it to be revitalized and given more life and now it's a better place so her solution is release the monsters let them battle it out and basically survival of the fittest for humans oh well if you'd die in the middle of it but what kind of made me mad so there's a scene where there's like there's one of the one of the monsters are in New Mexico not New Mexico yeah. are in it's one of the bases the research bases and where one of the monsters are being held is in Mexico and I have a problem with this because basically all these people who are trying to escape died all of these Mexican native Mexican people in in that in these cities Die, if okay. she had an opportunity to not let them die. I'm not surprised. I know that's the th- that was just like okay, you playing with God too much right now, and you as a white woman doing this, this is very, it bothers me. Like it, it that like part bothered me. I'm just like y'all couldn't have at least like I see your point. You're trying to make. I don't I don't agree with it at all, but you saying that oh it's for the good of humanity to release these monsters but i'm like you are sentencing all these like millions of people to death because you think you ma'am you think the only way to atone, to like make your son's death mean something is for other people to die and for the yeah, monsters sure. to bring m- new life to the planet i'm just like you tripping
1: shit don't make sense
0: yeah but it's like it's I, <laughs> i'm just like the fact that you're you're willing to sacrifice brown lives is what really made me mad i'm like mm, okay you had you you didn't have to do this so besides that part i mean just very telling of how like how far she's gone down her like past like she's how irredeemable she is at that point um, besides that it is a great monster fighting some scenes it was a it was hard to see what was going on like yeah you know, when there's like a lot of action and then they focus on the people, I'm just like, I don't even have to see the people. Go back to the monsters because I can't tell what's going on from their eye level. Um, so that was interesting. I like that it explored more of the lore with the yeah. kaiju. Um, like you, int- you're introduced to Mothra, who is the queen of the monsters, and Gazelle is the king of the monsters. And I find that so adorable. It's not that they are married or they have babies or anything. It's again the word of this episode is symbiotic. They, they have a joint like they have an agreement to protect each other. monster
1: huh? i have babies for god good? it
0: no 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 so the, she's the queen <laughs> of the monsters she's known as the queen <laughs> of the monsters he's known as the king yeah, of the yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. not like they have some kind of like they don't they're not mates it's more because of like their power like it benefits him to protect her and it right. benefits her to protect him. So they're true, they have like this agreement. Um, and she's like a very, very powerful uh monster and yeah. same as Godzilla. and it's like they respect each other's power and they work oh, together. Yeah. And I thought that was
1: game adorable. Rec- <laughs> game recognized game.
0: Exactly. Um so yeah, it's great. If you like seeing giant monsters wreck things up, go watch it. Um, I, for some reason, find that to be very therapeutic whenever it is a giant monster or a giant robot destroying things. I I just enjoy those movies.
1: Yeah, I wanted to see Godzilla because I, uh, I, I saw the first trailer um, last year. And it was like, all I care about is, again, the giant monsters. who look, the, the, the design looked really good for them. So I was mm-hmm. really interested in seeing that. Um, especially Mothra. I'm like, I got to see what they do with Mothra. I'm oh, um, sorry. legit that's all I, I cared about them and ken watanabe but legit please mm-hmm. tell me he does not die does he die yes
0: no i'm sorry and, and i'm really irritated that he, this is like another thing i'm just irritated that he died he died Again? saving godzilla because they find out that the only way to like save him is to hit him with a nuke to like basically juice him up and it's like ken's the one that says like i'll do it i'm like there's no more sure. there's not like another way you can get the thing in there and apparently they're all like no our drones won't get there because it's too hot of course. have to go in of course and i was just like so another person of color dies okay i mean like it's supposed to be poetic i guess in a sense because he's saying goodbye to godzilla and he's making a sacrifice for him but at the same time I just feel like why does he have to die?
1: I I know that kind of ha- that happens. Something similar to that happens in Godzilla versus um, Ghidorah, but yep. it kind of makes sense then in that film. But it doesn't make sense, and I hate that if happening in this one because again, you got a white woman causing trash, doing trash, and you got yeah, the
0: white
1: woman, a, a white woman. <sighs> you got so. the Asian man sacrifice himself because the technology conveniently can't do what it's supposed to do foolishness yeah, exactly. like, writers come come with more originality please yeah. this is something that's been done way too often we think technology feels us. somehow got to go get in the pod and do it manually like yeah. no stop doing this like there's, stop it. There's,
0: there's tons of movies that have done this armageddon the core yes yeah where the person of color sacrifices themselves so that the other people, mm. Michigan, go on. But yeah, um, I had one more point to make about this. Oh yeah, so after all of this, we know that Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong is coming. So. I am.
1: I got all I care about is the monsters. I'm rooting for the monsters.
0: Right, and that's coming out next year. So it's kind of like this is going to be real good to see because both Kong and Godzilla, like like. I mean, I think uh, obviously I know this movie has happened before, but getting to see it now with updated technology. However, mm-hmm. the plot of it is, I just like who do we we root for? I mean, I'm kind of partial to Godzilla, but like Kong.
1: The black people, because is it Lupita Nyong'o going to be in that, too? Oh,
0: I haven't heard of that.
1: But if she is, that'd be great. I think so. Ooh. I think, I'm sure I saw our, this sounds ridiculous, but I'm sure it's either her or a black woman. But I'm sure it's Lupita Nyong'o, because I remember, like, I'm excited about this.
0: I would love that. I would and love I'm that, as long as long she does for the die. monsters and everybody black. as long as she don't die i will say that there this was a pretty diverse cast i did enjoy that um i'm still not a fan of like killing off people of color and the way they were killed off Mm -hmm. but i am excited for kong versus godzilla because you know what that's gonna be one hell of a fight um i'm torn between who i'm rooting for it's most likely gonna be godzilla but still it's gonna be good
1: Okay. Oh wait. Okay, I'm looking it up now on IMDb because they have some of the cast listing. Mm. So for Godzilla, because it, it's Godzilla versus Kong, is this the right thing? Because I'm saying God versus King. what? No, yes, Godzilla versus Kong 2020. Yep. Um, coming out. So it stars Millie Bobby Brown. So I'm guessing she survives Godzilla because I know she's in this because she plays the woman's yeah Miravarma's daughter. Yeah, she survived. It, oh, oh yeah, it, it stars Gigi Zhang. So that's the other person that I was excited for. Oh yeah, um, Lance Reddick, who um is in the John Wick series, he plays Sharon. Um The Night Nightcrawler. So again, I know it sounds ridiculous that I said Lupita Nyong'o, but I'm like, I'm no, I know it's a black woman from Marvel. Mm. So <laughs> I should be ashamed of myself. No, so it's the it's the Niagara era. So there, it's rumored that she's gonna be in it. But I think she's gonna be in it. I want to see her in it. I need to see her in genre. I need. I want to see her in genre films. And the other black person is mm-hmm. Brian Tyree. Brian Tyree Henry. So again, we root it for all the people of color, all the black people. Yeah. Ji-Zhang, Eliza Gonzalez. Um, yeah. Just don't Everybody kill else them off. Everybody else um, can get got.
0: Yeah, everybody else. Just don't kill off the people of color for no sense of sacrificial reason. But yay, giant monsters, because Kong and Godzilla are about to throw hands. Hmm. Um. But, yes, and lastly, let's briefly touch on Always Be My Maybe. Yes. Okay, so how did you feel about it?
1: I liked it. I really liked it. I do have some problems with it, um, but... Because it's not a perfect rom com by any means, but mm-hmm. it's one of the better rom coms to come out in recent years for sure. Agreed.
0: I I wholeheartedly agree with you there because it's just it's a refreshing rom com where it's like yeah it has some rom com tropes but like which ones don't. But I just really admire the work that Randall Park and well the Ali Wong and Randall Park did with this. Yeah. Because I just feel like with it being with May having been like
1: is it uh, is it American Heritage Month International Heritage Month.
0: Yes, thank you. I was like, I'm making sure I'm not missing one. So yes, that with it being that for this month, I thought like, oh, this is really great that it got to premiere during that month. Um, But also, like, just from seeing like from other friends who are on Twitter who are like of Asian descent, it was nice to see how many people like just really connected with the story, as far as just like, oh, Mm -hmm. like I grew up in that Bay Area. I remember doing things like that, or also just like recognizing the whole like it's it doesn't feed into like tropes where it's like you know, the stereotypical, the stereotypes that some people are just like yeah. tired of seeing when it comes to like how Randall's parents in the movie are just like very loving. Or Mar- Marcus, his character's name is Marcus. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's nice to see that his dad is encouraging of him pursuing his music, his musical career. And it's like, whereas there's, it's not like they're trying to force him to stay in the family company, but he's choosing to do it because he feels he doesn't want to leave his father. And I'm like, that's really nice. That it's just like it's it's like to see that port and I'm not saying that it's not like something that isn't possible, but it's just something like where people I've seen people who've written pieces where it's like it's nice to see that instead of having to see a stereotypical trope of Asian parents being like strict and not and not letting the child explore their creativity.
1: Yeah, I I really like that part, that aspect too, because we got to see him have his relationship with his dad, and we got to understand Mm -hmm. him, and for me, like I read in my review for Marcus, Marcus is an example of how how difficult it is for children to move on from a parent's death, and it doesn't matter how old you are, because he couldn't deal with his mom's death, and his way of trying to hold on to her memory was staying home and staying with his dad because he's afraid of losing his dad and he's afraid of losing the memories of his mom. And I I appreciate that because it's it's like, the film is funny, but it adds like that... that emotional element to it, too, but also for Mm -hmm. Ali Wong's character, Sasha, like, she's a successful woman, and, like, she tells him point blank, she's like, I'm not gonna give up my career for you, and, like, this is a trope we've seen in rom-coms before, where, like, the the woman, her friend, and, like, Veronica does the whole thing, like, talk to him again, you know, like, thing, and she's like, nah, I'm done talking, I said what I had to say, and, like, Mm -hmm. let him come to me, right? So, cause, like, this would be the second time that he acted a perfect fool and made her feel bad, and, like, she's like, nah, like, I said what I gotta say, like, this is on him he has to make the step and like he did and I appreciate that that as she stood around yeah. she's like I'm successful so I'm not going to sacrifice everything that I've worked for for someone mm-hmm. who has for someone who doesn't who's not willing to make the effort to meet me where I am right so
0: I, I, I love that because too yeah. many times yeah oh sorry go ahead No, no, go ahead, go ahead. It's like, because so many times in rom-coms when you have a successful woman, it's just like, and I'm I'm using the tropes of like Lifetime movies as an example, where it's like she's a Mm -hmm. successful, hardworking woman and her life is just go, go, go. And like, apparently at the end of the movie, the answer is to give up or scale back her career in order to find love. And I'm just like, that's BS. Because you can be successful and have love. Like, you can, she doesn't, there's no reason she had, she, like him telling her, that he wanted her to stay isn't wrong but like basically trying to give her the like cuz that's something he's he's proposing it to her but you can't you can't get upset when she's just like no i gotta move on to the next thing like this is my career this is my dream and like it's like her plans for you like right and like to give y'all some background Aliwan's Wong's character she sasha she is a badass celebrity chef like it's given like you're given the idea that there's not a lot of women like and especially like asian women in her field so mm -hmm. like it's a huge deal for her to like open multiple restaurants and also, just be like to have this celebrity hood and everything. So, it's like that, like, that's a very huge thing. So, him getting upset about her moving to New York and not even being willing to like compromise on like throwing a fit. And it's, you're right, it's him using his fear of losing his mother, of like, again, to to like harm the people around him. Like, he's scared of moving on in a sense where he's like it, he was so stuck in his ways of like he didn't want to do things differently with his band he didn't want to move forward it seemed like he was just in a rut in his life and yeah. it's like through date like through reconnecting with her um and he comes and it's and you're right it's on him to come to that realization where it's like the way their friendship ended was because of how he acted and exactly. how he hurt her and him not and him not even having like the sense to apologize to her after he lashes out at her it's like that's what did it it's not that y'all had this awkward like teenage sex in your car when before y'all went off to y'all separate ways and went to college it's that you lashed out to her you lashed out at her because of your frustrations and then you couldn't like and you're having these issues and you're projecting them onto her and you're like taking out your anger about losing your mom which i'm like she has not done anything for to deserve this, and Allie, I'm glad she chose herself. Where it's just like, no, you don't have to take this crap. Like, yes, walk away from him. Like he messed up, and it's good that he's he realizes that eventually, he comes to terms with that, and he has to fi- he has to do the work to fix the relationship.
1: Right, he has to grow emotionally, and like he has to get out of that mindset. Of, like, because for him, it was like I he's happy in his. One block radius of San Francisco. He's like, this is my home, and I'm happy there. And she's <coughs> like, uh, good for you. That's mm-hmm. not good enough for me. And it's right. and it's about. And I like that she didn't force him because she's like, mm-hmm. these are, this is, it is. And she's like, she didn't beg him or she didn't say, you have to. She's like, you know what? I want better for you and I want you to want better for yourself. But yeah. um, again, at the end of the day, the onus is on you to do better and to want better for yourself. Right. So yeah. I just that. And love she didn't that. shame and, him. Yeah. he is And the thing is that like, none of his friends do. Like none of his friends shame him. His dad doesn't shame fat his, his dad understands where He is, and his dad isn't trying to force him out. Um, so that's one of the aspects of the film that you know, love Keanu Reeves, of course, because like his portrayal was hilarious. But I do have to mention, like, um, like my two gripes with the film. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, like Veronica, played by Misha Butu, like, to me, her, her character was ever so slightly edging into the sassy black girl, that best yeah. friend trope. And that wouldn't have bugged me if she was if there were other black people in the film, but yes. she's the only one and like i understand that people are saying yes yes it's a it's about asian american experience and it's about them and it's about their community but i'm like she can't be the only black person in san francisco come on now yeah
0: and like
1: and like there's nothing wrong with her character being like sassy i think because i'm the same i'm sarcastic like Mm -hmm. the way she responded is the way we respond but i'm like it does fall into the kind of fall into the trope if that is the only character that we have and we've seen this best friend assistant role Mm -hmm. way too many times and i'm like it is becoming like even if you don't intend it to be like you got to be able to step back and say like how is this going to be perceived and that's Mm -hmm. the thing like i need that's one of the things like when people are creating these kind of things like do they ever step back and say like if i'm if i'm if i and again it's like as a black person do they even think if i was a black person would i see this as a trope (laughs) would -hmm. i realize this is the only literally the only black person in the entire film i'm like she can't be the only black person in San Francisco. what the hell
0: Yeah, because besides her, it's the Diana Ross impersonator that Randall's dad starts dating. But to your point, that's not the same thing. It's like, yes, you have two black women in this movie. But I think because I had this discussion also, I've been having this discussion a lot. But like most recently, I was talking about it on an interview I had with um, Jeff Trammell for our show. We were talking about Mm -hmm. um, female character tropes. When you have one woman who's like a token character... She becomes a token. It's okay that she's sassy and that she's sarcastic and, like, all that. But the problem is when she's the only one, that's what makes it the trope. Where it's, like, if you had, like, one more, that would have offset it. Like, yeah. where it's, like, it's, it's, like, having, I guess an example is, like, Black Widow. Where it's, like, mm. Black Widow's in The Avengers. She's the only female character for quite some time. So, like, that's the basis for a female character in Marvel where it's like, she's supposed to be tough and hard and a cold-blooded killer. Not saying that a woman can't, but it's like yeah. she turned into a token for those movies as being the token female, like the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it would have been nice if y'all had included other... I mean, like, I know how Marvel movies and everything work. I'm, just, I'm pointing out the example that the issue here is when you have one, it feels, and you only have one, it feels like a trope. Yes. So, I mean, I like that they had two Black women in it, but it's like, they don't interact at all. So, like, that's why... It the, she edges on that line. So I agree with you where it, it edges on that line is is she just a sassy black friend? Or it could it just be that she is a black character who is sassy?
1: Yeah, that's but this as again as I, I again that's why I said it, it edges very ever so slightly and the fact that mm-hmm. her character was gay to me it felt like a two for one special for them. They're like mm. she's gay and she's black. We've ticked the diversity and inclusive box off. Now again, that may not have been the intention, but that's where it comes up. But this is where I also, is. when you're screening films and that kind of stuff, like, or when you're just even writing, because it was written by Ali Wong, um, Randall Park, and Michael Golomeko. And this, like, when you're writing, do you ever think, because, do you ever think, okay, we have the one black person, like, as you're writing, reading the script, and you're doing table reads, you look around the tables and see, God, one black woman with significant lines because the other character mm-hmm. who, plays, who then ends up being the dad's love interest, which I love because we don't see mm-hmm. mature relationship between not only interracial but between Asian and black characters. That's yeah. something we don't see on TV. I appreciate that. But again, this female character, um, forgive me for not remembering her name right now. Um, I'm gonna Google it. Um, my thing is, she probably says like 10 words in the whole film. Mm, she, yeah. and she, has, she has three scenes. So one scene that's where they meet at the party, Two where Randall catches them at home and one at the end in the, at the restaurant. And she only speaks in one scene. That's the first one at a party where she's just like, I'm a Diane Ross impersonator. Yeah, basically that's it. So you have that, but then you also have, so you have Michelle, she's the one with the most slang. So that's what I'm saying. It does kind of edge in there because like, I'm wondering, like do people ever consider the optics again? This is their story. They're telling it. This is just my perspective as a black woman uh-huh. um, working and living and uh, working in a, um, a multi ethnic um, society. Like I'm accustomed to seeing people of all races, and like I work at a school that's the students are like ninety percent. The student body is like ninety ninety five ninety to between ninety and ninety five percent Chinese. So mm-hmm. and and I would say Asian because we do have Southeast Asians there um, in our school system. Right in our schools, I would say ninety to ninety five percent Asian, and like. Even if I go into like, for instance, like Koreatown or Chinatown in Toronto, like I still see like people of all races walking around. Right. Mm-hmm. So like we didn't see like much black people that like cross scenes or whatever too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's just the thing. And then my other, my other gripe is the joke about disability where like the guy got out of the car, he put his, his, um his, his um, parking pass for his disabled parking pass in his car. And she's like, oh, look at him getting on his car, walking, able-bodied. And I'm like, nah, girl. That is not right. And like you don't know his struggle. You don't know what disability he has. Just because Uh you see him walking now doesn't mean that you that he's gonna be able to walk later down the road. So like that affected me because like with my MS, because I explained it to someone on Twitter. He's like explained to me. I'm like, okay, for me, I have I have uh invisible disability, I have MS. So one day I'm walking perfectly Uh fine, and then the next day I I could be limping because I'm having muscle spasms or whatever, and like I look fine to you now, but you, you like people have to get past the idea of what they think the disability looks like. Just because someone doesn't uh-huh. have a a, a a like a walking aid, like a cane or a wheelchair or walker, doesn't mean that they're not disabled. So like, it's 2019 writers, stop doing this shit. I'm tired of seeing it being and being and it being used as a fodder for jokes it's not funny like you people are grown adults stop making these stupid tired jokes about disability mm-hmm. and and fat shaming like just stop like mm-hmm. just stop it please it's it's ridiculous and like educate yourselves and someone like what that like I hated that when she said it it literally took me back I was like I'm like uncalled for yeah that's it yeah that's
0: I agree for. No, it's something, I mean, like, again, as much as I enjoyed this movie, like we said, it's not perfect, but it's important to, like, make these comments and make these critiques on it, because, I don't know, maybe someone by some odds is listening to us, and they're like, you know, of course, other people read and write reviews about this, and it's important that we share, like, our critiques on it, because it, it needs to be worked on. Like, it's a good movie, but it's not perfect, and it's not that I'm asking for a movie to be everything for everyone. But I think it is important to bring up the critiques of like how the black female characters are treated, and also when you're talking when you're talking about disability in these movies too. It's just it's just it's important that we have these discussions about it. Still yeah. enjoyed it, but there's still things that could be worked on. So maybe mm-hmm. the next one it will change. Yeah,
1: hopefully they see because like I'm not the like like lots of like um. Advocates and people for disability with disabilities spoke about it on Twitter and did articles about it. So, like, Mm -hmm. this is something I hope they read and critique and read the critiques and understand where people are coming from, Mm -hmm. because the same way how they don't want their Asian is presented in like negative stereotypes in films, the same way we don't want disabilities, um, visible or invisible, presented in, in in. in films like you got to do better people like again the disabilities come in many forms and is caused by many things and Mm -hmm. being disabled doesn't mean strictly walking chairs or whatever like reading glasses are technically i i read glasses and technically what i have is considered a disability because without my glasses or my contacts (laughs) i'm -hmm. blind right so like gotta think and and you gotta think about it so like come on writers just do better that's all we ask
0: and um, i think that's it for us right yep that is it for us um as usual you can find the show at shwh underscore pod on twitter you can find me there also at la underscore n-e-y-s-h-a and where can they find you you
1: can find me on twitter
0: at at Carrie
1: CNH 12 so that's C-A-R-R-I-E-C-N-H-1-2 on Twitter. And, um, yeah, I'm always, we're always on Twitter talking about film, TV, anime, um, mm-hmm. random stuff, you know, shading people because <laughs> we do this. Yep. Um, you can tweet us, ask us questions, make recommendations for films or TV shows to watch. Um, mm-hmm. We do, like Nisha has another podcast, to Speak On It podcast. You can listen to that As well, I also host um, the Saturday Night Sci Fi Live tweet, which is every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, where my co host and I we talk about, we tweet about sci fi films. You can find our YouTube, um, sometimes on Mostly uh, mostly on Netflix, but sometimes on YouTube, and we do a like, curated list. Sometimes dealing with like we can have a month that was focused on Asian films. Next next month, focused on fight by African Americans or Black people in the diaspora. Um, so yeah, that's us. We're always on Twitter. Hit us up. Um, we also have a PayPal account where you can donate funds if you can. So this is at PayPal. Yep. Uh, dot me slash s h w h pod. I believe it's SJWH podcast. You can donate funds there. Um, and we are part of the But Why The podcast community again. you can catch articles that both um Lanisha and I have written on there and interviews. And the last interview that was done for our, for our podcast was um you did it, Lanisha, where you spoke to the creators of Credit yeah. uh, Craig of the Creek
0: yeah um it was actually the head writer um jeff trammell Mm -hmm. it's a great episode i'm very happy he came on the show he's a hilarious person and he would actually love to be a guest with the both of us soon on the show so yeah so that'll be coming soon down the line but yeah if you guys Mm want to check that out that is the that was the the last bonus episode for the month And yeah, but like, as Carolyn said, if you would like to help support us, because as we both are, we've, I went to South by Southwest this, this year, Carolyn has a few things upcoming, um, a great way. If you want to support us further than just listening and reviewing on the show, um, reviewing our show, um, we will also appreciate any donations, but there's no pressure. We appreciate you guys for listening and we appreciate any support that you'd be happy to give. And with that, I think we're done.
1: Yes. Bye. Have a good month, guys, and catch you back here for the end of June for our our top picks for June.
0: Yep. We will see y'all then. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.